Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Today, um, we are going to be releasing identity. And yeah, it's exciting today. I we were asking the Lord and felt from our senior team that we just wanted to release identity into us today. So you're going to hear from all four of us today. We're just going to tag team um, and talk about who we are. So, yeah, um, we are a family gathering around his presence. We're raising leaders to reign in life. And we are restoring cities to look like heaven on earth. That is who we are. (laughs) And as I just think about who we are, I really love thinking about what does it look like to reign in life? And reigning in life to me looks like a renewed mind. And it doesn't necessarily look like renewed circumstances. (laughs) It starts with a renewed mind and the circumstances will follow. Reigning in life, what does it look like to renew our minds? It's asking for his perspective before we just jump right to conclusions. What is he saying? What is he doing? Where are his thoughts about this circumstance? And uh, so I really love examples. I love stories. And so I've just been, you know, asking the Lord, okay, what's an example in my life where we were reigning in life. Where, what was an example of a renewed mind in mine or Brent's, mine and Brent's life? And uh, I've just been thinking of this old story today, and it, uh, it's, it's about a decade ago. We, we had little, little toddlers in the house, and we were living paycheck to paycheck and literally going in debt every month. <laughs> and, you know, it was just one of those seasons. And... Uh, and we had the crazy audacity to think about paying off our house. <laughs> and we were, pe- we were literally going in debt month after month. And from a place of a renewed mind, we thought, oh, what would it look like to be debt free? <laughs> I can't tell you how crazy this was. You know, we, our circumstances were screaming the opposite. <laughs> they were... They were just glaring at us. And we weren't denying them to be a reality. We actually looked at our bank account online. (laughs) Like, we were looking at it. We weren't running from it. We weren't speaking ourselves out of it. But we had the audacity to think, what what would God's perspective be about this? And I discovered a renewed mind when my reality did not (laughs) match what was, like, when my my dream of what could happen didn't match my reality. And we were staring reality in the face and thinking of something higher. And I had no idea how the situation would pan out, but I thought, it's going to be good. We just were like, me and Brent were just thinking, okay, what would it look like? Brent's family paid off their house when he was a sixth grader, and he thought, what if Lake, our oldest, turned, was in sixth grade and we paid off our home? We literally paid off our home when he was in sixth grade last year. (laughs) It's wild. 
And it was, you know, when I look back on the last decade or so, I think we did a lot of like smart things. Like we did the Dave Ramsey, we, we made the declarations, but it came from this mindset shift of like, it didn't feel like a, a weightiness, a weight, a weight of responsibility or duty. It felt like a, what would it look like to be debt free? What would it feel like? And it came from a place of, oh, here's a picture of our house. I'm going to put it on my mirror along with a picture of this person I'm praying for healing for, along with this and that. And these other things we're, we're, we're putting our heart behind. And we're going to say, what, God, we just, we're going to pay this house off. So we watched, you know, this picture on my mirror every day of our home in, in the process of thinking, it's going to be paid off one day. And fruit will follow a renewed mind. And a renewed mind happens when you're reigning in life. Uh, I was sick in bed a little bit ago, and my eight-year-old was just hanging out with me, and we're talking about whatever you talk about with eight-year-olds. I don't even remember. And at the end of it, Wynn looked at me and said, Mom, can I pray for you? And I just thought, I was, and I didn't jump out of bed after the prayer, but I was so excited for his mind to think, oh, this isn't right. I'm going to call, you know, I know that healing's for her. That's an example of a renewed mind. <laughs> That's an example of reigning in life when your eight-year-old says, can I pray for you? I'm like, yes, you can. This is the best part of my day. In Proverbs 1.1, 1, 1, um, in the Passion Translation, it says, here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, words of wisdom to empower you to reign in life. Reigning in life looks like absorbing that Proverbs into you. <laughs> All those Proverbs, those words of wisdom. And when our minds are transformed, we start looking like him. We are becoming like him. Jesus is being formed in us. Our minds are being conformed. And that's just our prayer, isn't it? We want to look like him. I want to look like him. We want to look like him for the world. <laughs> you know, I hesitate to share a money example around reigning in life because it's absolutely not the, oh, we're debt free. Like, it's, it's the renewed mind that says, I can be debt free. It's the renewed mind that says, we can live above these circumstances. It's the renewed mind that your eight-year-old wants to pray for healing because he doesn't think this is right. Like, mom shouldn't be in bed. <laughs> That's reigning in life. And so we want to have a renewed mind. We want to reign in life so that we look like him for the sake of the world. And, you know, I've just been asking the Lord. We live in a city with millions. And I'm asking the Lord, Lord, how do you, how do you affect a city? How do you restore our city? How do we restore cities to look like heaven on earth? And I've, I've been asking him this, and a couple of years ago, he gave me this picture of our city. And I was seeing our city like the city of Atlanta on a map. And on the map, I saw all these little fires popping up all around Atlanta. And I could see that they were fires in people's homes. And it was believers that were just gathering around the presence of God. And the non-believers were just being attracted to it. 
people are attracted to those who look like Jesus. And people were in their homes just seeking the Lord, and others could not help but gather. And it was like fire just popping and spreading and popping and spreading. And it took me back to this um, meeting we had with Danny Silk with our staff about five years ago. We were over in the lodge, and he said, he said, you know, when you used to fly into London, into the London airport in England, you'd fly in and smoke would fill the air coming out of all of the chimneys of everyone's home. And it was because that was their main source of heating their homes. And he said, now you fly in and there's no smoke coming out of any of those chimneys because they have progressed past it. They, their technology advanced and now they had central heating. And so he urged us, like, you've got to keep that fire burning. You can't let technology, you can't let your, you can't get past the need for that fire. That fire burning was what was drawing the unbelievers. <laughs> and, and we can't lose our fire. <laughs> I mean, we, we want to be reigning in life with a renewed mind. We want to be the oil and the sacrifice that all others are drawn because they see Jesus in us. Dan, if you'll come up. Um, I just, we just, we can't lose our fire. <laughs> I love those lines of the song. I want to be the oil. I want to be the sacrifice. And I want to be the laid down lover all of my life. That's how we transform a city, restoring cities to look like heaven on earth. Can we be those that are the oil, the sacrifice, and the laid down lovers? Okay, Dan's going to tag on. So good. So good. Well, we're talking about identity and who we are. Amen. And uh, I, I wanted to talk about little bit about the apostolic call that we have on our house and, and on us as a people. It's not just on our house. How many know um, we aren't all prophets? We know that. Sorry, Blake, we're working on it, but we can't catch up, <clears throat> right? We're not all prophets, but how many know we're all prophetic? <laughs> Amen. If you're not, there's some training classes you'll, you'll get a, a chance to jump into. Uh, and how many know we're not all apostles? But how many of you know we're all apostolic? Like there's a call on us as a people to be apostolic. Uh, there's a call, just like Jesus was apostolic, there's a call on this house to be apostolic. Um, you know, the, the, the call, the apostolic call is so shown in Isaiah 61 where he takes the broken and the prisoned, uh, those that are mourning and in sorrow, and he takes and turns them into uh, uh, turns them into oaks of righteousness. Amen? Yeah. Oaks of righteousness. Takes the broken and turns them into oaks of righteousness and then sends them to restore cities. Amen? This is, this is the nature of an apostolic call. The nature of an apostolic call is that we're a family sending sons and daughters to make earth look like heaven. It's not church planting. It, that could be a piece of it, but that's not in the entirety. The nature of an apostolic call is that you're changing the world. 
and the earth is looking like heaven, not even just that you're changing it so it looks good with great ideas, but that there's supernatural fruit and signs and wonders and miracles that are flowing, that there are things happening in a city that are impossible by man and only possible by God. And that's the nature of the call on this house, that we're not, you know, we as a people at Bethel Atlanta aren't only uh, having an apostolic call for our local church. We have a local church, but we actually have a regional apostolic call to the southeast region of the nation. Do you guys know this? That this is who we are. And, and the beauty of what we've been working on as a leadership team over the last couple of years is building a structure that facilitates the local church growing and thriving and reigning in life and restoring cities, but also a structure that facilitates us being able to send sons and daughters and ministers into the region and beyond to see heaven uh, expand and see earth actually experience the, the, the nature of heaven through the works of ministers. <clears throat> Isn't this the nature of what we're doing as a church, as an organization, sending uh, uh, sending, uh, what is the worst? I'm losing my verse now. <laughs> uh, we're raising up leaders to send them out to see heaven, uh, to see earth look like heaven. To do the works of the ministry, I think one of the things we've heard a lot is we're building big people, not big churches. And, and I would even take it another step deep, deeper and say, we don't want to build a bunch of ministries. We want to empower ministers. And you are the ministers, you are the leaders. You are the sons and daughters we want to send and come alongside and breathe on and see you go do the works of God that are in your life and the calls that are on your life. And that's what the nature of the apostolic call on our, on our house is to do as leaders even, is to create an environment and build a structure that facilitates that, that we can serve leaders and send them into our city and see cities changed. It seems like we should be excited about that. <laughs> it says that they would be called the oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And then they will rebuild ancient ruins and they will raise up former devastations and they will re restore ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. There's a large call on our, on our house and on us as people. And I hope when, when you hear us share this morning, you're not hearing us talk uh, about Bethel Atlanta. I hope you're hearing us talk about you. This, we're talking about you. We're talking about us. We're talking about the impact that you're called to have in the sphere that you find yourself in. It's in the, whether it's in the marketplace or in a city or in a, on a neighborhood, on a block, or whether you're going after uh, a passion like trail running, <laughs> like whatever it is that you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, you are bringing the kingdom of God and you are reigning in life to such a degree that what Lauren was describing, people around you are seeing. They're recognizing it on your life and they're drawing it out from you because you're thriving regardless of circumstances. You're reigning regardless of what's happening around you. You know how to rise up and reign in life regardless of those circumstances that are happening. And it's attractive. When, when people see the kingdom people functioning as kingdom people, it's extraordinarily attractive. The world is so hungry for it. They drawn to you and they wanna pull it out of you. 
And that's where we begin to function and flow in signs, wonders, and miracles, words of knowledge and the prophetic and healing and, uh, uh, and uh, crazy cool ideas, whether you're in business and innovation, like the kingdom of heaven needs to happen through your fingertips. This is our call as a house. And this is our call as a leadership is to create a structure that can uh, train up, raise up leaders, send you and watch you change the world. You know, a lot of times I tell my students in my uh, third year class, I'm like, I don't know entirely what it's going to look like when heaven shows up. I'm waiting for you to show me. Because the, the, the gifts and the callings uh, that are on your life and your own unique expression is unlike anything that's ever existed on the face of the planet. This is the new frontier. As you are exploring what it looks like for, for God to invade your world, it's not going to look like anything that anybody's ever done because of your unique facet that you're exposing or is shining the glory of God that's on your life. You get to show us what it looks like for heaven to show up in the earth. And we're waiting with anticipation to see what it's going to look like. Blake, you want to come up? Amen. All right, that's who we are. Apostolic call on our, on our house and on you. Awesome. All right, you guys doing good? The, the round robin situation's not, not freaking you out? All right, good. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, we're talking about identity. We're talking about who we are. At the beginning, you know, Lauren uh, listed some, some statements. These are things that if you've been here for a while, you've probably heard in, in some facet or another. I'm just going to list them off for you real quick just to remind you. It's building, building fa- a family that's gathering around his presence. We're raising leaders who, who reign in life. We're restoring cities to look like heaven on earth. Now, I, these, uh, how many of you have heard all those phrases at some point throughout our, our history? Awesome. There'll be, a, there'll be a quiz. You have to list them on your way out. Um, so... Those, are, those aren't just words. Those aren't just slogans. Those are pictures of, of our shared prophetic identity, our, our kingdom identity, the, the, the things that God has assigned us to do. And when God assigns us to do something, it's, it's important that we understand what that, what that means. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a grammar example, so I apologize in advance for that. But and to, you're welcome to the three or four grammar nerds who are here. Um, <laughs> So there's, there's a big argument in grammar as to whether it should be prescriptivist or descriptivist, which means it's telling you what you should do or it's describing what people do anyway. You know, same thing with whether a word should be a word or what the definition of that word. Should we, should we say that cool means that the weather is, is not warm or should we say cool means that you're awesome in a, in a snappy dresser? You know, should, should, it, uh, should it adapt and change or, or is it, should it tell us what to do? Well, uh, when there's a prophetic declaration over your life, when there's a prophetic declaration over your culture, it's both of those things, and it's important to recognize that it's both of those things. It's descriptivist. It's saying, this is your identity. This is who you are now. But it's also saying, at the exact same time, this is also not who you are yet. The kingdom's weird that way. It's all for right now, but also not right yet. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here right now. But also, there's more of it coming. But also, he, Jesus told his disciples, you'll do greater things. It, it, it's an intentionally, not, I'm not going to say it's intentionally confusing, but it's intentionally beyond our understanding or beyond our, our intuitive understanding. 
And it's important we understand this because if we think it's just descriptivist, I guarantee that some of those statements probably don't feel true about your life right now or don't feel true about our community life right now. There are parts of those statements, many of those statements, that while we're in a tent just trying to keep everything running and functioning, didn't feel very true necessarily as far as what's happening right now. But it's still a prophetic identity. It's still a prophetic assignment. It's still what God has called us to do. So it's important that we understand it is who we are. Because if we don't believe it is who we are, then we're not really believing in his creative, prophetic, authoritative voice that actually creates when it says who we are. It, in fact, creates who we are when he says we're, who we are. Um, but also, if we just lean on that side, it's like, I am these things, and therefore I have to do absolutely nothing to, uh, to prove those things. And the attitude of needing to prove these things is, is not a helpful one to have. Uh, and even the attitude of living up to these things is also not a helpful one to have. I think it's, it's a small adjustment, but instead we want to look at how do I live out these things? How do I live out these things? How do I make these, these things? This is the prescriptivist part. It's how do I use these things as a compass that tells me where I'm heading, that tells me where I'm going, that helps set the path knowing that the capacity to make it through and on that path for the rest of my life is already in me, that's in my identity, recognizing that I'm not there yet, but also knowing that I have a compass to guide me as I'm heading towards that. Is that, is that making sense for you guys? And again, it's important to understand this, this relationship because, again, if not, if we go on one side, we will, if we think, oh, I've already arrived because God said this is true about me, we'll, we'll get arrogant and we'll... Uh, not be open to feedback about how we're not living out these these principles. But on the flip side, if we get so um, performative or we have to live up to these things or we have to achieve these things, then we're not recognizing that this can only happen through grace. This can only happen through grace. And I, and so I, I want to just invite you guys over these next couple of years to walk around these subjects, to understand them because if these just become catchphrases or things that we have said then that that would be a bit of a bummer to me i would rather i'd rather that each of these worlds points to a history and points to a destiny and points to a world that's inside every single one of us you know the one that we've been touching on a lot lately today and i just want to touch on it uh, for for one more second is is this this reigning in life word because and it's one that i think needs a lot of visiting because of just modern parlance and language, it sounds like the title to my new rap album, you know, where it, that involves me driving a Bentley and, you know, having Jordans and, uh, <laughs> um, and I can't think of any other fancy things. That's the extent of my repertoire, but um, <laughs> eating at Fresh Market, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rolexes, yes, uh, Rolexes, thank you. Um, um, if we think of it in those terms, um, not only is it going to get embarrassing very quick, but it's also, um, it, it's also missing out on things that are so much more valuable. Um, the, the root of this phrase, um, and I'd encourage you to check it out, um, it's in uh, Romans 5.17, and it's, uh, this whole chapter is awesome. But uh, for, for if by the offense of one, death reigned through the one, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. 
And so it's, when we're saying reign in life, we are saying the manifestation of the gospel in your life right now. That's what that means. Now, maybe that ends up with a, a Bentley and a Rolex. I don't know. Um, I have weird feelings about that, but that's a separate, that's a separate topic we'll talk about another day. But, but it, it's, this isn't an achievable thing. This is a lifelong stance. This is a flow of the gospel into my life. When I when I'm have no money, I don't know how the food's going to get on the table, and and I just got laid off of my job. I can reign in life in that moment because I have access to the gospel. I have aspect. I have I have access to the gospel. Not just not just a, a fairy godmother who's going to come down and fix my situation, but but perhaps a rescuer, perhaps a, an idea, perhaps a mindset, but I have the knowledge that the gospel is manifesting in my life. When my relationships are crumbling around me, when, things, when people are making choices that I have no control over but do not feel good about, and I feel terrified for, for them, I can know that even though I may not know what to do in my mind right there, I have been assigned the ability to reign in life through Jesus Christ. I, know, I have access to the one who does know what to do who does know how to respond. I have access to the grace to recognize and accept what I, what I can and cannot do for the people around me, what I can and cannot control about my environment. And so th this is something that we'll be, well, exploring for eternity, but also for the life of this church, um, whichever comes first. And, <laughs> and so, uh, again, I just want to, that's just a little bit of a, a chat about that, about that one thing. But again, I, it, uh, you know, I, I always have mixed feelings because I, I believe identity is something that's organic. It, it should be apparent just by the way that we live our life. But sometimes giving something a name helps us with that other piece of having a compass that's saying, hey, I'm not seeing this right now in my life. I'm not seeing this in my environment. Let me find it, or at least let me find the pathway towards it because that's what a prophetic destiny is. It's this receiving of grace where suddenly I am capable and the, the capacity has been created in me through the word of God. But in that amazing grace, he has invited us to partner with, it, with him in the manifestation of it. It's not just your fairy godmother saying bippity-boppity-boo and now you're this. It's, it's you getting to partner with him in the, the manifestation of grace in your life. And that's, that's an exciting thing to me. So um, I'm gonna invite uh, Justin Stockman up here to, to bring us to the heavenlies for the, for the ending here. But thanks guys. Thanks Blake for setting me up. I guess I'm reigning in life because I have some Jordans on. That's what I heard. Wow, so good. So good, guys. So I heard a few things. I heard we are a family gathered around his presence. We're gathered around God's presence. I heard that we're raising leaders to reign in life and restore cities to look like heaven on earth. And if you could just open up your Bibles with me to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Starting in verse 9, just the Lord's Prayer. You guys have all looked at this so many times. Oh, I'm so happy to be part of this community. Blake set me up, so I got to share the testimony now. In my uh, Monday morning, I was... Uh, 
I was writing in my, gran my uh, gratitude journal. Anybody have a gratitude journal in here? Recommend getting a gratitude journal if you don't have one. You can also get a morning journal. They're all good. They're both helpful. I was writing in my, uh, my gratitude journal, and I said, um, by the way, my, uh, my love language is gifts. And I'm writing in my, my gratitude journal. I'm like, God, I am so thankful for fashion. And this is ridiculous. Are you ready? I said, I wrote in there, I said, this is ridiculous, amazing, creative, and fun. That's what I wrote. That's how I feel about fashion. And then I put period on the end of that. Boop. And then I went about my day. That night, we're taking our daughters to buy dresses. And I'm weird. I love Jordans. I love Jays. This is where this is going. And we're at Ross getting the girls dresses for just a youth group event that they were having, red carpet night, which was so fun for the kids. And, and Jen's like, hey, let's pop by the thrift store to get um, uh, cause we couldn't find shoes for one of my daughter. And I walk into the thrift store and there is five pairs of Jordans in the thrift store. This is ridiculous. These are my $19 Jordans. This is ridiculous. Something so simple. So simple, so ridiculous that 90% of the world would not care at all. But Justin, Monday morning, in his gratitude journal, is just thanking the Lord for ridiculous fashion. That night, this is how our God is. He cares about what you care about, even sometimes the ridiculous things. And again, we've known, we've been in those moments where we're wondering where we're going to get groceries. You're not thinking about Jordans in those moments. And all of a sudden, Papa God shows up because he gives a word to somebody and there's groceries on the stoop. There's groceries on your porch and you have no clue where they came from. Because this is our God. This is reigning in life. It's what Paul says, though I have plenty, though I lack Though I'm hungry, though I'm, have, I'm full, no matter what I have, I have Jesus, which is the scripture that Blake just read. Reigning in life looks like having an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus because he is enough for your circumstance. He is enough for your situation. He is enough. This is the gospel. He is enough for you to live now in the context of eternity, forever. He is enough. So, you know, our, our whole heart is to bring heaven to earth. Is that your reality would look like heaven. And I want to just go through this verse with you to end today. It starts out, pray then like this. Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And it says this, our Father. You guys, this whole thing starts out with family. This whole thing, we are family, gather as his presence. It, this whole thing starts with a good God that is love with you as sons and daughters, and you are invited in to relationship. 
And we know that this is probably the, 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 the most, one of the most beautiful things that we can experience as believers is being connected one to another. We also know it's probably the most hard and challenging experiences you have ever had have been connected to other believers. We know that we get wounded in family, but we also heal in family. You cannot remove family from the equation. And you are called to be interconnected ones. Ones that we know we have a good, perfect, heavenly father. And we're also walking this beautiful road. We're on a journey with one another. So we are a family that is gathered around the presence of God, around Jesus as King and Lord. And so he's teaching us how to pray here. And I love this. Our fathers, this is intimate language. Our father is family language. It's personal. It's connected. None of us are without a father because we have Father God. And then he says this. So he ends that phrase with our father in heaven. Biblically, this means our father who is always with us. Because what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's inside you. It's among us. It's in your midst. It's now. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The Bible says in Luke 17, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So meaning our father in heaven simply means our father with me now. Heaven on earth is now because our father, you could never be closer or further away from the Godhead right now if you are a believer. And if you're not, we'd love to introduce you to him today. And so our father... And then it goes on, hallowed be your name. And this is talking about the goodness of God. The word simply means holy, to think highly of, or precious. And you can take that word holiness back to goodness, back to God is good. Our Father is good. We live a life with a good Father. And knowing that he's good changes everything. I'm not going to lie, how many of us grew up with a mean, scary God? So many of us grew up thinking he was distant, he was away, he was far off. And if I pleased him enough like a religious little boy or girl, then maybe I'd be good enough. And we know that none of that is on us. That was all dependent on the mercy of Jesus which brings us to reign in life in him. And then, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. This is a royal decree. This is king language. This is reigning and ruling language. It's a nod back to Genesis 1, mankind's original cultural mandate to have dominion and to subdue. This is king language. This means you are called to be kings and queens, princesses and princes, those that actually make royal decrees alongside God and make heaven, I mean, make earth look like heaven. This is actually our mandate. 
This is why we are a royal priesthood. This is why this language sounds funny to us because we're like, we're Americans. It's all about, you know, we have the presidency, you know, all that. Well, guess what? We have a king and he's good. And his name is Jesus. And he gave us the ability in that garden moment and also after he uh, died on the cross, he gave us the moment to hold the keys that say, I get to partner with him to bring heaven to earth. I get to make decrees that are impossible. And at that moment of death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus made it possible for us as believing believers to partner with him to bring heaven to earth in every situation that we are in. This is your mandate. This is the cultural mandate that starts in the garden and this ends in revelation that you are called to bring heaven to earth and you're called to reign and rule, which doesn't look like owning Jordans. It does look like with the highest title a man or woman could ever be given, son and daughter of God. Friend, friend, lover. These, this is now our name, and this is why we get to bring heaven to earth. We get to reign in life. We get to be a connected, intimate family gathered around his presence. This is our mandate, guys. And I, I, we wanted to, to end tonight, today, tonight feels like night for some reason. I'd love you to stand up with me. What we want to do is we want to partner with you today. Uh, Jen and I, this last weekend, we, we missed you guys so much. We, were, we did a little uh, marriage uh, event in, where were we at, Jen? Selma. We were at Selma. And... Um, so Saturday night, we did a marriage event. I heard Steve Backlund was amazing. I love Steve. He's a father in my life, just amazing man of God. But um, I got to end the time with, uh, with ministry time after Jen spoke, an amazing message on Sunday morning. And, um, uh, you know, it's a beautiful community. I, I don't remember how many people there were there. It was like 30 or 40 or somewhere in there. And our school ministry got up there at the end and, and called out a bunch of word of knowledge. And I love to see... Um, through word of knowledge, uh, just uh, what the Lord's done in our students. And um, one by one, the students were calling out words of knowledge. And again, you know, when there's 100 or 300 or 400 people in a room, you have different odds. When there's 30 people in the room, and I am not joking, um, they went down the line. There was about, I think, 10 or, or 12 of them there. And they went down the line, and, and they were calling things out. And everybody's like, that's me. That's me. And at the end, we had 13 people get healed out of 30 people. I mean, this is like, this is amazing, guys. This is amazing. And so um, today, we just want to partner with you. And what we're going to do, how we're going to do this uh, today is um, I'm going to be up here. I'm going to call out some words of knowledge. And then I want each other to partner with those that are around you. If it is you, I would love you to put up your hand. And then we're going to have those around you. We're going to have um, them pray for you. And we're going to see what God does. Because why don't we descend with bringing heaven to earth? Why don't we descend with reigning in life in a new way? And so the Lord has been talking to me for, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, it's been about a month so, since he woke me up and said it's a season of miracles. 
It's a season of miracles. And so uh, after that, uh, he, lo- he, um, he, he said this to me. He said, I'm, I'm restoring gut health, and I'm wanting to heal hundreds and hundreds of people. These are the words he said to me. And so what I want to do, again, we're not going to have you pray quite yet. If you have something going on with your gut, your intestines, your stomach, down into the colon area, all, any of that area from here down um, in, in your gut health, I would love, we'd love to pray for you today. And so if that's anybody in here, could you put up your hand? Okay, we have some people there, we have people all over. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, we will pray for you in a second. Go ahead and put your hands down. Um, The second thing, about a year ago, the Lord spoke to me, or he didn't speak to me. He came up to me, and I saw him in an outdoor meeting, and he goes, and I'm like, Jesus, why are you calling me a loser? That's rude. And he he looked at me, and in my spirit, I immediately knew that um, he wanted to heal with people um, that had diseases that started with the letter L. And since then, we've seen quite a few miracles um, that are starting with the letter L. We love it. Lyme's disease got healed. I mean, there's some beautiful thing that the Lord is doing. And so if you have any disease that starts with the letter L, I'd love you to put up your hand. Okay, one. Okay, two. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, uh, senior team, do you guys have any more words of knowledge? Again, I'm putting you on the spot right now. I actually saw it, but then I forgot to warn you. Come on, thanks, Blake. I don't know the exact uh, vertebrae numbers, but kind of in the lower middle back region, kind of like right, it's it's below the shoulder blades. Here, I'm gonna stand up on the stage. Okay. Uh, was an interesting sound. Uh, the uh, right in this region, right here, someone hurt your back, and it's not better yet. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Wow, gosh, lots of back people. Okay, awesome. The other thing is um, uh, uh, frequent muscle cramping, especially in the legs. Like frequent muscle cramping, like you'll like be in bed and you like try to move, especially, and it just cramps up real bad on you. So, okay, a couple people, awesome, cool. Wow, gosh. Lots of prayer needed today. <laughs> yeah. You know what's so funny about the back pain? I called out the L disease words and somebody comes up. It's my L5 and L4. So it was the L disease. So I just want you to know that's in there. And I'm like, I never thought of that once. Creative people, man. All right. Anything else? Dan? Come on, Dan Lauren. Just to end, I'm going to share my favorite testimony. Um, My friend Kevin Dedman was um, preaching at a church. He had the elders get up there. He got to one end, call out words of knowledge. He got to the last elder, and he's like, okay, do you have a word of knowledge? The guy's like, no, I don't. He's like, yes, you do. He's like, no, I don't. He's like, I want you to make it up. (gasps) The whole church gasps. (gasps) How can you do that? The house of the Lord. He's like, make it up. And I wish, I need, to re- I, I need to finally talk to Kevin again and ask what was the, the disease. The guy calls out a super specific disease. Somebody raises their hand in the back left corner and completely gets healed. My point is not to make things up. My point is you all hear from the Lord. That's my point. So if that was, yep. I just needed that. Um, I, I felt the Lord say he's going to heal your right foot and or a broken right ankle. Does anyone have something going on with their right foot? Okay. Okay. Beautiful. 
There's arthritis too, especially in the left hand on the, that, your ring finger knuckle. Is that anybody? Arthritis, left hand ring finger knuckle. Super specific right here, okay. Okay, Dan. Okay, Lindy. Also, I felt like, um, I mean, it might sound silly, but when you're talking about L5, L, you know, the L, I thought of long-term issues, things that have been bothering you for a long time. Really good. Are you ready now? Anybody have long-term issues in here? <laughs> I just eliminated our prayer team. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> uh, old, old injuries, like from an accident, that have not recovered fully. So it could be way long ago, but just an old injury from an accident that hasn't recovered. I, I felt like there was a, a I felt like there was an officer in here. You were either a, I just heard the word officer. So it's something either in the military or you're a policeman, and you um, you injured your body during that. Something to do with uh, what you were doing. Either you were in the military or you're a policeman, and you hurt yourself during um, that. I'd love you to put up your hand because we want to pray for you. Right here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, just a couple more just quick things. Um, troubles with the trachea, like yeah, like just will suddenly have trouble uh, swallowing or like uh, tracheal issues and whatnot. Um, and those might be separate things, but anyway, I'm not a medical doctor. Um, and then um, I know this is probably a lot of people, but uh, just uh, people with thyroid issues, especially ones that have not you have not been able to correct. Like you've been trying to do do stuff to adjust and it's just not working. Um, and then um, this one's very specific, and if you need to. If you feel uncomfortable sharing with someone around you with this, you can feel free to come up to, to me uh, if you'd like to afterwards with this. But um, I felt like someone had physical issues that, that the Lord is revealing to you has to do with some kind of traumatic event in your past. That you've been, a, you've been experiencing a physical manifestation of a traumatic event in your past. And so feel free to talk to someone around you with that. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, feel free to come up and chat with me if that's more comfortable. That's great. That's great. I think we'll have more here in a minute. Um, this is going to be a funny, interesting moment. You that are parents, the um, it's going to come. The sign's going to come from about thirty seconds that you need to go get your kids. One of the beautiful things we want to do. You remember, we're building a family. A family. You guys, your kids aren't a distraction during church. We're okay with things happening. We're okay. This is, we're a family. I want your kids to experience what God wants to do today. And so this is one of the reasons that it's never a distraction for you to get up for your children or any, or bringing them in and, and then being kids. It just happens, okay? We're, we're, we're into this. We love this. We're all about family. And so um, for parents, I'd love you to go get your kids. And then what we are going to do, we're just going to have a... Uh, um, we're going to pray for one another. So this isn't going to be a solo prayer. I will be up here kind of facilitating for a minute. But uh, So if you put your hand up for anything, which right now I feel like is the whole entire church, which is awesome, um, could you put your hand up? Okay. And then those, maybe if you didn't put your hand up, please, those that are around them, go to them. Um, just, just find some people, go to them, and um, we're going to pray together. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.